Welcome to Wednesday. I'm so glad that you're here with me this morning. It's Wednesday, April 18th, and uh, I'm just loving this blue sky out this week. Huh? How about you? It's just so beautiful, and we're glad to have it, and uh, uh, springtime is here. Well, we're seeing principles of wisdom, and I think this is one of the greatest principles of all. Those who seek God's wisdom diligently in this life will will serve Him will receive greater reward in heaven at the judgment seat of Christ. If I seek God's wisdom at every turn right now in my life, a couple of things are going to happen. Number one, if I seek it, I will find it. That's the promise in Scripture. If I seek God's wisdom, I will find it, and I'll make better decisions in life. That's so much of the point of wisdom, isn't it? To make better decisions. Uh, and I'll be happy about that. And if I'm happy about making better decisions, because I have joy in my heart to serve the Lord, if I'm happy about making better decisions, then guess what? Uh, I'm going to desire to do it next time, and then next time. So I'm going to desire in my heart to do it more and more because I see the success of it as I realize God's joy. And as I do it more and more, as I seek God's wisdom more and more and obey Him more and more and, and feel the pleasure of God coursing through my veins, then I'm going to accomplish more in His kingdom. And we're thinking about seeking God's wisdom. Because we seek God's wisdom, we find that we make better decisions. We're happier about that. That snowballs, and in the end, we receive greater reward anyway. And God is the wonderful Heavenly Father who wants to incentivize us with His appropriate rewards. Where does this come from? Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 is one of a couple of great places we learn about the judgment seat of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 6 through 10 says this, Therefore we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, away from the Lord, we live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. There it is, right there in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. And so, if we're going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ, then our goal right now is to please God and to obey God and to be productive for God. And if we do, of course, He will give us His great rewards. Now, don't be confused. The fact that the judgment seat of Christ uses the word judgment in its title does not mean that that's a judgment of condemnation. Because, Christian, you will never be judged unto condemnation. That's the Bible truth, of course, from Romans chapter 8. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? Okay, so the fact that it has the 
judgment in it does not necessarily mean that it's going to be a judgment of condemnation. In fact, not at all. But rather the judgment that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body. It's a judgment of rewards given by God. Now, some people just, some Christians just aren't comfortable with this topic of rewards, of receiving rewards in heaven. And I think sometimes it's because uh, they confuse the issue. They think that, um, well, since we're going to receive a reward in heaven, that that makes my work here a works righteousness for salvation issue. It's not that it's not about that at all. We are not saved by works righteousness. We're saved by grace, only by grace in what Jesus has done for us on the cross. Ephesians 2:8-9 for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is not a result of works that no man should boast, right? So our our justification salvation has nothing whatsoever to do with being able to earn it or work towards it. So when we talk about the judgment seat of Christ, we're not talking about our justification salvation. Rather, we're talking about that which comes after our justification salvation, our desire to serve God, our discipleship in God. And as we obey Him and as we do those obedient things for Him, he will one day reward us for those things. Is it based on work? Yes, that is based on our work. But it's not part of our justification salvation. I hope you're clear on that. Uh, because like a good parent, God wants to reward us as a means of incentive. We can think, you know what? I do want that reward. I want God has uh, told me about it, and uh, I would like to receive that because I want to please my heavenly Father. So, like a good father, He sets out there for us appropriate rewards and an incentive to serve and obey Him. Now, uh, look at verse ten before we move off of this verse. It says, "For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ." that each one may receive what is due him for the things done, for the things done while in the body. Each one, uh, each one's going to receive, every one of things is given to us to use. All right. The question becomes, how have you used them? Uh, in the body means, of course, right now. How have we used these gifts right now on earth in the bodies He's given to us? Uh, maybe you've been gifted uh, with the gift of teaching. Are you using your gift of teaching? Maybe you're using, you've been gifted with the gift of music, creativity in music. Are you using that? Or a gift of leadership. Are you using that? Are you being a good steward of what God given to you. Pastor Pete Briscoe calls the judgment seat of Christ a judgment of stewardship. A judgment of stewardship. That is, how good are you, how well are you using what's been given to you? How well are you stewarding what's given to you? Or maybe the resources that you have. Uh, maybe you have a nice, great, big, huge house with a great, big, huge party room or living room. 
how are you using that great big huge house? Is it just you and one other person living in that house forever and you never invite anyone else in? Use the house. God's given it to you. Use it for His glory. Invite others in and have, have gatherings and, and use it for the glory of God. The Greek word for judgment seat in this passage is the word bima. And we would say that maybe in English, B-E-M-A, bima. And you might have seen that phrase somewhere written, the bima seat. Uh, really, it's just the bima, that's one word. And that bima word means the place in the middle of the town where the governor or the mayor of the town would stand and declare judgment, whether someone who has come to trial or someone who was being given some kind of a reward. Um, it would be that place in the center of a Roman town where there was a a platform that was up maybe five, six feet above the street level, and the governor would stand up on the platform and he would declare judgment. And so this was, in fact, in a Roman town called the Bema or the Bema seat. In fact, when I was in Greece, um, what was it, last year or was it in 2019? When I was in Greece in 2019, we visited the, the ancient ruins of Corinth. It was a fantastic moment to be able to walk around this um, old, ancient uh, ruin of a town. And right in the middle of the town was the, the ruins of the Bema seat. It was an area that was up on uh, a platform about six feet up, and it had a bit of a, a rock wall around it. And you, I, I took pictures in front of it, and I went up and stood off of it and had someone take a picture of me on the Bema seat in, in actually in Corinth. And it was a very meaningful moment for me because we remember this passage from 2 Corinthians 5.10. I just want to tell you also about a movie that Corey and I watched very recently. It's actually a video or a movie of Pastor Pete Briscoe who presented in dramatic fashion, like it was a play essentially, a one-man play, um, presented in dramatic fashion what it might be like to stand at the Bema seat in heaven. You have, to, you have to see this video. We watched it a couple of weeks ago with friends from church. And, um, and you, can, you can see this video for free uh, online. I've checked it out. There's a link online. And please watch it. It's about an hour and a half long. It's kind of a full-length movie. But if you sit down with family members, you're going to really be uh, in, inspired about what it, what it would mean to stand before Jesus at the Bema seat in heaven and receive rewards for what has been done, for what you've done in your life. Now, let's go to another passage that talks specifically about the Bema seat, and that's uh, 1 Corinthians now. So go back to 1 Corinthians, and this time chapter 3, 1 Corinthians 3. It says this in 1 Corinthians 3, verses 10 through 15. By the, grace, by the grace God has given me, Paul writes, I laid a foundation as an expert builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is. 
because the day will bring it to light. I believe that's referring to the judgment seat of Christ, the day of the judgment seat of Christ. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has done survives, he will receive his reward. He will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. Notice what the goal is here. The goal is to build on the foundation of Jesus Christ. I believe that means primarily the church. Paul laid a foundation, but it was a foundation of Jesus Christ, and no one can lay any foundation other than the foundation of Jesus Christ. And then our role, uh, it says here, is to build on top of that. We all have opportunities to build based on our giftedness, right? And I think the joy of this is to know that you don't have to build a house. Um, you don't have to build the whole church. Just do your part, right? Build your part. I'm a years. I'll be there a few more years. It's a season. Other people have gone for me. Other people will come after me to do the job that I'm doing. Uh, my job is to do it well now, to build on what's already been established. Right? And the same for you, whether the, it's in your church work, whether it's in your family. Shape or form, based on giftedness. And it says, if what you do um, is like gold, silver, or costly stones, all right, then they will last. That work will last. If, however, what you do is like wood or straw, which can be burned up, then guess what? It will be burned up. It won't last. If it's something and it will be burned up is the image, and you will suffer loss. Now, what does it mean suffer loss in heaven? I thought there was be there would be nothing negative in heaven. Well, apparently at the judgment seat of Christ, there will be at least some sense of loss or some sense of regret on the part of Christians when they realize the time that they've wasted on earth. Now, I don't think that means condemnation in any, in any way, shape, or form, but it does mean some regret or some sense of loss that we'll recognize at the judgment seat of Christ. Well, um, you might ask, okay, but what, what about other passages in the Bible that talk about rewards? Is it still as you say? I'll give you three more uh, very brief Bible passages about rewards just to uh, reinstill or reinstate the truth of it. James chapter 1 verse 12. James chapter 1 verse 12 says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. There's a special connection in the Bible be between going through difficult times for God and receiving a reward, like the martyrs in heaven who received the white robe. There's a special connection in the Bible for those who go through difficult times for the Lord. They will receive a reward. And here's just another testament to that special relationship. So when you're going through a hard time, when you're going through a difficult time, and you keep your head up, and you keep your eyes on God through that difficult time, guaranteed there's a reward in heaven for you 
That's just one of those incentives that God has given to us for those difficult times that we go through. He will make right. He, will, he is the God of justice, and He will give us that wonderful reward. Now here's another one. Matthew, this is from the lips of Jesus. Matthew 5, 11, 12. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say any kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. There it is again. And reward in heaven. Let me just give you one more. It's from the very last chapter of the Bible, Revelation chapter 2. And I love it for that reason, that it's one of the final things that we get from the Bible. One of the final things that Jesus says to us from the very last um, chapter in the Bible. Revelation 22, verse 12. Jesus says this, Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me. My reward is with me. And I will give to everyone according to what he God's heavenly rewards are meant to motivate us now. Because God's a loving He continues to give good things. We don't earn our way to heaven. We don't earn our salvation. That is not the point. But the point is that those who obey God, those who seek His wisdom, and seek to serve Him more fully, will be given a reward. What will those rewards be? You know, that's the part we really don't know. We don't know. And we don't need to know, because it's just enough to want to serve God and to know that He'll be happy, happy enough to give something to us. And so, leave this with me. Be motivated by this with me and, and receive the grace of this truth today. Heavenly Father, we thank You for the promise of rewards Dear Heavenly Father, we, we want to serve you, God. We want to give our lives to you. And we thank you that you are the good Heavenly Father uh, who's made such a positive offer and such a positive promise of rewards. Lord, give us the grace to seek wisdom today so that we might serve you more fully and be more obedient to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I love you all. And thank you for getting into God's Word with me again today. Uh, it is so good to know God through His Word. We'll see you tomorrow. Actually, tomorrow you won't see me. You will see Adela Waldi, and she'll be giving you her testimony of faith tomorrow. And by the way, there are a few of you out there that maybe are thinking that you would like to give testimony on a Friday. And so please let me know if you're one of those um, who hasn't done that yet and would like to do it. You're going to bless the Church of God at West Hills if you give your testimony uh, and uh, allow it to be shared through this um, through this uh, devotions. So let me know if you want to do that, and we'll line you up for one of the future Fridays. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.